It's time for episode 304 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, July 24th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that keeps ticking even when you're on the move. I am Dan Morin, and I'm flying solo this week, but I have three fantastic guests to help me out here. I'm just going to go around the table to my left. It is uh, my very good friend from podcasts such as The Incomparable, as well as the editor of IT Pro. Today, it's Lisa Schmeiser. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Thank you for having me today. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Uh, opposite <laughs> from me today, it is, of course, the most unicorn-like of all of my <laughs> friends, co-host of Friends New Year's and Robot Unicorn. It is Kathy Campbell. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. <laughs> and to my right, it is the developer of fine apps uh, about rolling virtual dice and doing math. It's James Thompson. Hi, James. Hi, thanks for having me on a topical show when I'm actively trying to avoid the news. <laughs> you are <laughs> quite welcome. And thank you again all I, for being here. I can't here. see why you might possibly want to ignore the news in the UK, James. I don't understand it <laughs> I, at all. I couldn't possibly comment because they're probably listening. And we probably <laughs> shouldn't. All right, I'm going to launch yes. right into things today. It is, everything is fine. That is what I'm saying. Everything is fine. Oh. And speaking of fines... Uh, Facebook has just got hit with a $5 billion fine. Equifax got hit with $700 million fine for their privacy breach. And now the Department of Justice is investigating a whole bunch of big tech companies for antitrust uh, competition violations. My question is, do you have any faith at all that this will have any sort of effect? Or are these all just basically slaps on the wrist? Lisa, I suspect you have some thoughts about this. (laughs) (laughs) I do. This is political theater. The U.S. government at a federal level has very little interest in regulating tech in a way that protects civil liberties or actually fosters uh, competition. A lot of this comes down to uh, companies having an uh, (laughs) opportunity, certain politicians or certain, uh, well, certain politicians, certain agendas having an opportunity to haul people before committees and um, flog their bugbears. It will probably be business as usual. And even when you look at the size of the fines, they're negligible for companies like this. Equifax already had the money set aside in case of emergency. It's not going to have an appreciable hit on their bottom line. Facebook makes money hand over fist and nothing ever happens to it. Nothing will. <laughs> I uh, I don't think this is necessarily, obviously, it's not going to affect the companies that are paying the fines. But what I do think it will help with is the audience, the, the people that are you know, getting these random news articles that pop up in, you know, Facebook or Twitter or BuzzFeed or people randomly talking about it, which can then allow more of like a snowball effect, which really pushes things into people being concerned and having issues with it. And uh, so even though it's not going, you know, they're basically paying out $5 for a parking pass it's going to really start affecting the audience and world as a whole, I hope. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to decide just how cynical I want to be for this answer. <laughs> and, you know, I think you all know the answer. A I mean, scale I of one to cynical. 
Yeah. <laughs> I have absolutely zero faith that it's going to have any sort of effect. Uh, I mean, Equifax, I looked and they made, I think it was $300 million profit last year. So a $700 million fine is not nothing. Um, but I think they'll look at it. I mean, Facebook specifically, just as the cost of doing business, it's not really anything that's going to change the course dramatically. Um, let's just say that I'm feeling pretty negative about capital- capitalism and Western civilization in general <laughs> right now, uh, but also buy my apps. <laughs> well put. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I, like you, James, I'm not sure where on the cynical spectrum I want to be. I think there's some impact here. Yes, this is stuff that is kind of a drop in the bucket compared to the money these kinds of firms are making. But as James said, it's not nothing. Um, I do think it sets precedent, which is nice. And I do think that the fines are slowly creeping upwards, um, whether that's in, in, you know, at the same pace that their profits are going up is a whole different matter. <laughs> and obviously, these companies would prefer not to pay a $5 billion, $5 billion fine, even if they can factor it in. I'm more interested in some of the other non-financial penalties that could be imposed here. I think there's one in particular in the Facebook one where, like, Zuckerberg is held personally responsible for signing off on, like, data privacy provisions. And I think putting Mm -hmm. more executives' heads on the line is a smart move, especially with people like Zuckerberg who are so closely tied to their company's identity. Um, You know, Equifax, I I don't know who the CEO of Equifax is. I'm not sure any of us do uh, off the top of our heads. So I I think that there are things that can be more damaging than just a financial penalty. And I think if we only look at it in terms of financial penalty, then we actually are doing a a disservice to to slapping these companies down. Like regulations, it can't just be about money. Like you've got to impose some other things here. Anyway, thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our second topic, which comes from Lisa. For one glorious moment, I thought you meant executive heads on pikes. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> We could do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, revealing myself to be both deeply cynical and moderately germphobic, uh, this topic was inspired by me wiping down my iPhone with a Zeiss brand alcohol wipe and wondering, how often do all of you clean and sanitize your mobile phone, the tablets that you're swiping on daily, the earbuds you're sticking in your ears, your... Um, laptop keyboard and what do you do i am a gross gross hippie and very (laughs) very rarely do i sanitize anything the most that i do is pull out my fancy unicorn uh microfiber cloth to like clean off the Mm -hmm. screen just from fingerprints uh i do do my earbuds a little bit more because they do go in my ears um so my airpods i do do a very light sanitization. I don't do, you know, I don't pull out my fancy medical grade device cleaning machine or anything like that. But because the earbuds do go in my ears, I am a little bit more, but otherwise I don't care. I'm not licking my devices. And if you are, that's cool. That's good for you. So great. Now the listeners are going to think less of me. Or maybe not. Who knows? Um, <laughs> no, I they generally... were already thinking less of me. We're good. Um, <laughs> are you licking your devices? Is this where you find that out? <laughs> well, I generally do not clean any of these things unless something really bad has happened to them. I mean, I did clean my laptop earlier this month. 
because I was going to speak at a conference in front of hundreds of people and I didn't want to stand on stage with a dirty laptop and be judged for my grime crime. Um, but I mean, I cleaned my iMac this week and indeed the rest of my office because somebody on this podcast who shall remain nameless is going to be staying here this weekend. And to be honest, it's really more because their significant other is also going to be here and she's the one I want to make a good impression for. Um, but I mean, I do clean myself regularly. That's good. That's a, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, I won't make any comments about people who might be staying with you and which of those people are more likely to notice a clean apartment. But, you know, that's fine. Um, I feel I, I guess I'm in the James Thompson school of cleaning. Is that a thing? Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm like James. I, I think I don't tend to regularly clean things. But if, you know, if I spill something or something gets on one of the devices, sure. Yeah, I'll give it a, a wipe down. Uh, maybe I put too much trust in the whole oleophobic coding on the iphone um <laughs> and i try to you know every once in a while if i see like my keyboard looks particularly grimy i'll try to like give it a little a little wipe down but i honestly don't spend that much time with it and i don't wear earbuds uh, i wear over the ear headphones so i don't worry about those as much i probably clean my sunglasses more than i clean any of my devices <laughs> in retrospect is hmm, maybe worrying um yeah i, I, don't I know. you can upgrade your devices but not your eyes that's right that's right uh, just you know, logically, I know all these things get really funky and dirty, but it is definitely one of those things where, unless you actually see some of it, it's kind of an out of sight, out of mind thing for me. Um, so yeah, I tend to I tend to wait until it's like really apparent. Um, which is generally just my cleaning approach in general. It's that, or people are coming <laughs> to my house. That's that's pretty much it. Alisa, any last thoughts on this? No, all of you are disgusting. <laughs> I'm teasing. I say that with love. <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine. I'm with you. Uh, all right. Well, in that case, we have two topics down, two topics to go, but I want to take a quick moment to venture into halftime with you and tell, us, tell you about today's sponsor. This week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our friends at Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud, and you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode serves their customers with the help of 10 data centers across the globe, and they're about to add more. Mumbai, India, and Toronto, Canada will both have data centers before 2020. Linode features native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors, meaning you're able to serve your customers even faster than before. And so you don't have to stress about overspending, Linode has designed their pricing tiers to feature hourly billing with the added bonus of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services, such as backups and node balancers. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at a gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode has a special offer for you as a listener of this show. You can go to linode.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash clockwise and promo code clockwise2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. And now that halftime is over, I will turn it over to Kathy Campbell for her topic. When was the last time you used your iPhone to record video? While I know exactly what you mean by the question, uh, technically, <laughs> I used screen, screen recording a week ago to make a video of my new app, which I will not mention here, because frankly, Dan is tired of my incessant <laughs> plugging. Um, 
But I mean, also technically, if I have live photos on, I'm always recording videos, just very little ones. It's creepy. Um, But the last time I recorded video using the camera app set to video mode (laughs) was when I was at the Harry Potter studio tour in London back in May. Specifically, it was an intricate locking mechanism of a Gringotts vault door that was done as a practical effect. And they had it constantly locking and unlocking and it looked very cool. Um, I take a lot of photos, but most of my videos are a steadily increasing number of candles being blown out on birthday cakes. <laughs> um, I don't, don't take a lot of videos. I was looking at the video in my uh, photo album to see what the last things I recorded were. And I have like a two second video from yesterday because I saw a backhoe pulling down part of the high school that they're rebuilding over here. And I thought, that's cool. <laughs> um <laughs> And then there's like one from a few weeks ago where there was a downpour with like hail that I was taking a picture of. And then before that, the most interesting one was uh, at WWDC with uh, Craig Federighi and uh, Greg Joswiak talking about John Moltz. Um, so rarely, I guess, is the answer to how often I actually record video. But like James, I do use the live photos a lot, which I really, I really like for that um, because they get, you know... I, it's rare that I want to stand there for a few minutes recording a video. The last time I remember trying to do something like that was a year ago or so when I was in Iceland and I was trying to capture a geyser going off. And there's nothing more boring than the, you know, 45 seconds of a video before the geyser goes off. <laughs> yeah. um, so if anything, I would most prefer to use the sort of uh, video capture on either end of the live photo. I think that's a that's a really nice addition. Lisa, how about you? Since I have a small person in my house and we're very sentimental about her, um, I use video for like recitals or swim swim team practices when she's done something particularly well. The last time I used it though was um, a month ago when we were in the Orangerie, which is this beautiful museum in Paris. They feature a lot of Monet's work. And my daughter had done a unit on Monet in school and she was chattering away about how he painted and what his process was. And it was just this great confluence of, um, you know, time and place and subject matter. And so there we go. Uh, I took the video and that was it. But generally speaking, not a huge video user, mostly because they they take up space. They take up space in your storage. They take up space in your... uh, in your hard drive. Uh, so I'm, I'm lazy. I don't like to maintain that stuff. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they take up space in your heart. I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that too. No, the people take up space in my heart. The videos take up space on my hard drive. <laughs> and whoever, I mean, yeah, going back and watching videos, I feel like is much less common than going back and looking at photos. But then maybe that's just me. Yeah. So in the past week, I have taken nine videos. Wow. Uh, Five five of them were from my daughter's acro class because they're trying to get an aerial, which is a no-handed cartwheel. And so I did them in slow motion so that they could see leg placement, the three girls that are in it, leg placement, arm placement, like how how to fix the things that it's hard to see when you're the one doing it. Um, Additionally, we have gotten a new kitten. Mm. who is the clumsiest big-footed little baby uh and he is just like adorable so of course i'm taking videos of that and then just this morning i took a video of a squirrel who was very very loudly eating like digging into a nut and it was so loud i wanted to see if the video would capture the audio of the eating of the nut so and? that is my <laughs> it did okay. <laughs> it's okay. very very loud 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, I do video a lot. We watch them a lot because I, too, have a small person. And so she'll be like, Mom, take a video. And so I'll take a video so she can share it with her friends or whatever of cool mm-hmm. things that she does. So, yeah, video is a very important part in our heart and house and mm-hmm. hard drives. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Plus, I, I hear it kill the radio star is what I understand. Ooh, nice. <laughs> uh, all right. That is three topics down. Let's go to our final topic for today, which comes from James. So can you listen to music while you write uh, words or code? And if so, do you have any recommendations? And do you use headphones? And do you have any recommendations there as well? I believe you mean, may I listen to music, James? I mean, wait, no, it doesn't make any sense. Never mind. Uh, I can listen to it now. Um, Yes, I do. I do listen to music, uh, mainly when writing, because listening to music while on or editing a podcast is difficult. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> but not impossible. Not impossible. <laughs> not helpful, though. Um, yeah. Uh, but, is this podcast edited to a 4-4 rhythm? I don't get it. <laughs> uh, especially when I'm doing fiction writing, I do. Uh, I often listen to music there. And predominantly what I mis- listen to are um, movie soundtracks and TV soundtracks increasingly. Um, so I, I like stuff. I mean, a lot of people will say I can't listen to things with words. I can, especially if it's a song I know really well where I just sort of internalized it. It doesn't bother me as much. Um, and part of that is just like I've done it a lot over the last many years and I just kind of gotten used to tuning things out. Um, but I do like music. It, it can be not only good at just sort of blocking out external stimuli, but it, it, it provides a nice background noise. And occasionally if, for fiction, especially it gives you like little cues and little ideas of like mood or tone sometimes. Cause I try to pick what I'm listening to, uh, to be something that goes with what I'm writing. Um, and then, you know, on other stuff, I, I just listen to sort of my, my iTunes library usually. And, um, it could be anything when I'm writing tech stuff doesn't doesn't matter as much. Um, I do listen on both headphones and speakers. Uh, if I'm in my office, I will usually listen on my home pods, which are on my desk. Uh, otherwise, I will listen while I'm walking around. And for that, I use a pair of Cost Porta Pros that are Bluetooth, um, which are fine. Uh, the sound quality is pretty good, but I don't love the design of them entirely. Uh, but I don't like earbuds. So there are limited choices. Um, and then I have a pair of uh, Bose QC35s that I use when traveling or when working in the coffee shop when I really need to block out external sound. Um, and when I'm sitting at my desk podcasting, very rarely I sometimes listen through the Sony MDR monitors that I, I use for podcasting. But mostly it's through the HomePods or through, uh, you know, one of those other pairs of headphones or occasionally through like the Sonos One in the kitchen or something like that. That was a very long winded answer. Oh, recommendations. I have ones really quick. I just saw the other day that the <laughs> soundtracks for season two and season three of The Expanse are now on iTunes or Apple Music. Uh, and I've been listening to those and they're great. Uh, so I highly recommend those. And for a standby, the Tron Legacy soundtrack, always one of my tops. All right, I'm done. I know that was long. Lisa? <laughs> I can't really follow that up. I feel like people should just go back and listen to your recommendations over and over again. <laughs> but for something completely different, I do listen to music, especially if I need to zone out and concentrate on something. Uh, I have one of four general uh choices the first i do listen i I do like to listen to classical music uh mostly because i i find that it kind of hits that sweet spot where it keeps the gibbering monkeys in my brain quiet but i'm not engaged and immersed in the music so i listen to a lot of bach especially the uh concertos for oboe um 
I like the sonatas and I really love the blend. And I really love the Brandenburg concertos when they're done on cello. Um, so I'll listen to a lot of Bach. I am a Spotify subscriber and I have gotten embarrassingly um, reliant upon like a lot of their peaceful piano playlists or acoustic <laughs> sunrise or things like, like basically it's, it's, it's like aural wallpaper. Um, it's it, like, I can't tell any of the artists apart. There's literally nothing to distinguish one style of, of one artist and their flair from the next. But again, it's that nice, low ambient quasi coffee shoppy type of, type of vibe going and it keeps the gibbering monkey mind part of my brain engaged while they work um alternately i listen to dead can dance which i feel which i feel should um be like a a dead a dead clue to my age but it's it's just this dreamy ethereal state i drop in 50 minutes later i'm really sort of like my watch is like get up and i'm like oh 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 i've been working and it's great um and then the fourth one for whatever bizarre reason and i can't explain why peter gabriel's double live album secret world from uh his 1993 1994 tour like if i put that in i just drop into a whole different zone and i'm there and i'm working and again my watch is busy nagging me to get up and i'm like oh time has passed and things get done so if i'm facing down a really urgent deadline and i know i have to block everything else out of you know even if the house is on fire like that album goes in and i start working and it's almost as if there's something in the way my brain works where I'm like, oh, by the time you get to washing of the water, this is where you should be in the project. By the time you get to, in your eyes, this is where you should be winding up. And it works out really well for me. <laughs> I have no hardware recommendations. I'm basically a, 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 I'm basically a, a, a peasant when it comes to hardware. I will use whatever earbuds come with my phone or since I work at home and I have the luxury of having a space to myself while I work, I'll just play it on my speakers and I don't particularly care about music quality. It's just having that cue does something to set up my brain and help me go. Uh, I'm very similar to Lisa, uh, except I don't do a lot of writing of words or code. So it's very rare that I need to get into that sort of like mindset. However, if there are some more complex projects that I'm working on for clients, then I do that I need to have that low level concentration of my brain on something else so I can really just fully go in on what I'm doing. Um, I have a couple go tos I, uh, the Twilight soundtrack, all four of them, uh, I'll have on repeat because I've listened to it so many times that I don't even think about the words, but it's a good enough for my brain to just believe in whatever's listening to. Uh, and then if I really, if like that is almost too much, I use a site called ambientmixer.com, which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it has a bunch of ambient sounds that you can mix together, but it also has defaults that are themed towards really nerdy stuff. So I can be in the Gryffindor common room, or I can have a storm on the Hogwarts Express, like riding with the Winchester. So it's all of these like really easy fantastic, you know, fires or rain or wind or whatever to really just get in the zone and do whatever I need to do. And then because I too also work from home, I mainly l listen on the speakers because I don't like things on my head. Uh, if I need to be in that space. Um, but if I'm out and about doing something, which is, again, very rare, but I'll just listen to my AirPods. So that's it. Well, I, I can't listen to podcasts or anything like that while I'm writing code because it engages the wrong bits of my brain. 
And preferably, I would hear no voices at all, voices of the enemy. Um, <laughs> so I, I tend to go for instrumental music, and I've been building up a variety of pay- playlists of varying tempo, depending on how close my deadlines are. Um, my default coding music has always been the Tron Legacy soundtrack by Daft Punk, as Dan mentioned. Um, the film itself was really disappointing, <laughs> partially because I'd ended up on some kind of list with Disney Marketing and they sent me lots of cool merch in the run-up to the release. So I was hyped. I got invited to a secret event in London, which turned out to be the reveal of the trailer. Listeners, I travelled 400 miles to see the trailer. Wow. Anyway, I was quite annoyed. Uh, I digress. Uh, yesterday, I found the album Where's the Drop by Dead Mouse, uh, which has an extremely similar feel to the Tron Legacy. Uh, so I highly recommend uh, checking that out. Um, but yeah, like Dan, anything that's kind of soundtracky sen- tends to work for me, ideally with a kind of synthesizer vibe to it. Um I listen on these dirty in-ear Sennheiser headphones that I haven't cleaned since I got them, Lisa. Um, I feel attacked. Which you feel attacked. Um, which uh, so do my also, ears. They're u- my usual recording headphones, particularly when I'm on camera. Um, I have some Marco-approved AKG. K fifty five one over ear headphones, but I forget to put them on a lot of the time, and they're just sort of hanging off my shelves. Um, otherwise, if I'm on my own, because I do share this office, uh, if I'm on my own, it's my two thousand and one era sound sticks which do do the business. All right, that is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic, but really quick, I want to tell you about our other sponsor. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by ButcherBox, the folks who deliver thoughtfully sourced meat directly to your door. And right now they're offering juicy grill-ready 100% grass-fed beef burgers for free. So stick around to hear more about that. ButcherBox makes it easy to get high-quality meat that you can trust. Every month, ButcherBox delivers 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild Alaskan salmon. Here's how it works. Each butcher box comes with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual meals. You can choose from four different box types, including a custom box, where you can choose exactly how much you need. Butcher Box believes in a healthier food system where everyone has access to meat that's humanely raised and free of antibiotics and added hormones. And because ButcherBox works with a collection of branches, they're able to cut out the grocery store middleman and pass those savings to you. I have received a box of meat. It is a giant box of meat. I opened it up and I just kept going because there was not only were there those burgers they mentioned, there was ground beef, there was pork loin, there was a beef roast, there were chicken breasts. I mean, I just kept digging out more and more meat and it all looked amazingly delicious. I cannot wait to do some cooking with some of it um, and uh, really just sort of uh, break out that grill for the first time this season. I've had it in my basement for a long time, so I'm sure these will be absolutely delicious. And you're going to be ready uh, to barbecue with this offer for $20 off your first box and six burgers for free in every box all summer long until October 15th. Go to butcherbox.com clockwise or enter clockwise at checkout. Go check it out, butcherbox.com clockwise or enter promo code clockwise for $20 off your first box and six burgers free all summer long. Our thanks to ButcherBox for the support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. And really quick, our bonus topic: What is your favorite smell or scent, Lisa? Oh gosh, <laughs> the sea, the ocean. 
I like being at the beach and just taking in a big inhale. Um, close runner-up, however, are wet eucalyptus forests, uh, wet forests in Northern California in the winter, especially with the scent of the redwood and the eucalyptus. My favorite scent is from Bath and Body Works, and it is pumpkin pecan waffles. And I am so excited that they're back in stock, and I shall refill my wallflowers and candles. I, I know I'm supposed to say something like the freshly washed hair of a loved one, um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go with food, like, say, a really good burger. Um, this answer wasn't sponsored, but if somebody wants to send me a box of meat, I'd be quite happy. Uh, I'm going to go with the food thing as well, mostly. It's the, like, fresh bread. Fresh bread. That's, that's, there's nothing beating that. Uh, close second, uh, Christmas trees. Come on. They're great. Oh, Christmas trees. Nice. It's a great scent. Just imagining someone, like, shampooing a box of hair they've snipped off of their exes <laughs> while they were sleeping. I'm well, sorry. this got dark. All right. Uh, with that. Wow. All that remains for this week is for me to thank my three fantastic guests. Lisa Schmeiser, thank you so much for being here. I had a great time, and I really enjoyed your co-guests. <laughs> As did I, Kathy Campbell. Thank you for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me again. And James Thompson, always a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you. I- I'm off to lick my headphones. <laughs> Uh, if you want to do that that's up to you as it is up to you dear listeners we will be back next week but until then I'll remind you watch what you say and keep Keep watching watching the the clock clock. (laughs) bye everybody (laughs) 